We ask you now, O God, to use and rule over our thoughts and our words, so that it may be your word which is spoken and your word which is heard. Amen. As you know, there are four canonical Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the first three are called the Synoptic Gospels because they see with one eye. They follow generally the same story arc. Each of the evangelists, though, is focusing on something, you know, has a particular area of emphasis uh, he wants to highlight. And, uh, and we see this clearly in, if we compare the reading we just heard, the Beatitudes as they appear in Luke, with the Beatitudes that are perhaps a little more familiar to us from Matthew's Gospel. Our Lord, no doubt, you know, was traveling all over uh, Syria, Palestine, uh, preaching and teaching, and probably with different crowds, went over the same material several times uh, in different ways. So it shouldn't be surprising that one evangelist will pull one aspect of uh, what our Lord said in preaching on the Beatitudes, and another will pull something else. But the two uh, emphasis of, the, of these two very different Gospels um, are clear. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. He's writing to an audience of Jewish Christians, and his purpose in his Gospel is to highlight how our Lord is the fulfillment of, the, of all of the prophecies, that he is the promised Messiah. And so St. Matthew arranges a lot of our Lord's sayings into five large sermons that are spaced throughout the gospel and interspersed between them are stories of the miracles that he that he performs five great sermons because there are five books of Moses and so when he puts the very first of those sermons is the sermon on the mount our lord goes up to the mount of beatitudes and he preaches well, what did Moses do? He went up to Mount Sinai, and he received the Ten Commandments, a list. So what's the first thing that Matthew opens up his Sermon on the Mount with is the Beatitudes, a list of blesseds. It's the new commandments, if you will, for the new covenant that the new Moses is bringing down from the mountain. Luke, taking similar material, no doubt, from, many other, from other sermons that our Lord had preached, is interested, though, in writing to his audience, which is a, not a Jewish audience, it's a Greek-speaking Gentile audience. And so Luke is very much often focused on showing that our Lord is not just the Messiah of the Jewish people, but he has been sent to all the world. And so that's why Luke places this uh, teaching on the Beatitudes, uh, he puts in a sermon on a plane, a level ground. We read in, in, our, in, in our gospel reading today, we, we have that, uh, that Jesus came down with the twelve from the mountain and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of people from all over, not only from Judea and Jerusalem, but from the coastal regions of Tyre and Sidon, that would have been non-Jewish regions. And Luke is often focused throughout his gospel on the needs of those who are poor and outcast, who aren't part of the in-crowd. Women feature very prominently in Luke's gospel. Widows, orphans, the immigrant, the stranger. 
And so, at first blush, when we look at Matthew's more familiar Beatitudes, they seem spiritualized compared to Luke. Matthew says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Where Luke says, Blessed are you who are poor, full stop, for the kingdom of God is yours. And where Luke says, Blessed are you who are now hungry, with no qualification to it, Matthew says, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. But these, while they appear to be you know, different areas of emphasis that our, our Lord, through these two evangelists, is presenting, are really saying the same thing. Because where Luke is certainly talking about, and he balances the Beatitudes with woes, and notice how they parallel each other exactly. Luke says, has Jesus say, Blessed are you who are poor, but woe to you who are rich, a few verses later. Blessed are you who are hungry now, but a few verses later, woe to you who are filled now. Blessed are you who are now weeping, he says. Woe to you who laugh now. Blessed are you when people hate you. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Balancing out. But when, you know, we we find it so easy, I think, especially when we are fat and comfortable, as we certainly are blessed to be in this country, to rely upon our own resources and forget that we really are needy, that we really are hungry, that we really are uh, poor and in need of God's graces. And if we rely on ourselves, or sometimes we'll transfer that to somebody else, we'll rely on somebody else, we'll set up a hero, or we will put our confidence in a, in a, in a, in a political party, or in, you know, some other aspect of, uh, in, in some other, we'll impose our, our trust into something else. We, that will fail. We are not self-sufficient. We do not feed ourselves. We are not capable of being the source of our own joy. And if we, are con- if we put all of our confidence in the things of this world, in the things of this life, we will not be satisfied. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. We see some of this in a kind of parallel in our very first reading, didn't we? When the prophet Jeremiah says, Cursed be the one who trusts in human beings, whether that human being is myself or in someone else, who seek his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season. Dead. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who hopes in the Lord. He's like a tree planted beside waters that stretches out its root to the stream. When it fears not the heat when it comes, 
Its leaves stay green in the year of drought. It shows no distress. Oh, then the years of drought will come. We're promised that. Our Lord says, Blessed are those are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me in Matthew. And Luke says exactly the same thing in, in his gospel. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Of course, notice that it's on account of him that we are that, that we will be hated and excluded and insulted. It's our own fault if it's on account of us. And we're perfectly able to say, oh, I've got a martyr complex. I am being punished. I am being persecuted because of my faith when really I'm uh, being excluded because I'm a jerk. But we should expect to face difficulty in the Christian life. Anyone who tells you that the Christian life is going to be easy is not teaching you the gospel of Christ. It's going to be difficult. But the point is, if we put our confidence in him, when we are empty, when we are thirsty, when we are hungry, he will fill us. We will be like that tree planted by the water. Yes, it may be a drought and all the other plants have turned brown and are dying, but that tree has a deep root into the water and it flourishes. That is what our Lord wants from us, to put our confidence in him so that we can flourish even when those times of difficulty come. Because they will come. Our faith will be tested. There may be something in our life that will, that will hit us like in, with a gut punch. Someone in our family perhaps betrays us. Something happens when we lose our job, or we find out we've got cancer. Those times of difficulty are going to come. And what's going to get them through it, get us through them, is if we have deep roots. Deep roots, because our confidence is in the Lord. And even as remarkable as it seems, in those difficult times, our Lord says, Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. Because when we put all of our confidence in God, we will be pleased and satisfied in Him. And that ultimately is the only satisfaction. As St. Augustine said in his confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Let's have deep roots. Let's not have shallow roots. Let's put our confidence in the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.